Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about the standards of refereeing in Africa. We often hear fans, players, and coaches complaining about referees, but are they really doing a bad job? We speak to a referees instructor. I mean, I can simply say our referees in Africa, they are of the top quality, top level, highest level. But is the continent lagging behind? Are allegations of corruption among match officials justified? We get the views of fans in the Gambia. And there's still a suspicion on African referees because you don't really see referees from other continents making the headlines that referees in Africa do. Well, it'll be very interesting. Before we get there, it's a big few days of 2018 World Cup qualifying. We'll be talking about that on next week's show, as match days three and four are being played in the space of just a few days. It's a really crucial stage, and some teams will drop out of the race. Others will move closer to a place at the finals in Russia next year. So our main focus today is the hot topic of refereeing. We often hear fans, players and coaches complaining about referees. And we often hear TV and radio experts also highlighting the shortcomings of match officials. But are they really doing a bad job? Well, Felix Tangoarima is a referees instructor who holds FIFA courses in many African countries. He was here in Zimbabwe recently and my colleague Simba Chiminya spoke to him. Well, when we look at the referees in Africa, I think we, as Africa, we are doing very well. Why I say so, you find out uh, we have referees who have actually officiated at the highest level. For example, we had one referee from Zambia who officiated in December the club World Club Championship, which means it's a sign that our referees in Africa are doing well. And then looking at the challenges uh, that uh, you're still facing, and you talked about the improvement, uh, what necessitated this improvement? What, what happened is sometimes you find out, uh, for example, we have this one course. We need the corporate world to support the referees to support the capacity building of referees if some resources can be resources can be available for for these referees i i think it will be it will be much better we have just changed the laws of the game last year there were some amendments again this year and these are some of the challenges which our referees actually face when they are officiating simply because uh, Whilst they implement the law, the changes, the greater part of the stakeholders, they are not aware of these changes. As a result, they will see our referees on a negative side because uh, they would have done things probably which they are not used to. Yet sometimes the referees are blamed when they are actually doing a good job. And I can tell you that referees, they don't manufacture mistakes. There are some genuine mistakes. In the process, there are some error of judgments which are made by referees, which are genuine. 
and then looking to at the issue of uh, technology, video technology, is Africa how far are we from uh, using that? You find out for us to talk about video technology right now, uh, it's it's a protocol thing which FIFA will actually deal with it. It's 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 not for me. Me, I'm just any an instructor here. But for me, anything which makes a referee make a good decision, I, I would want my referees to have good decision. And then uh, looking at uh, the standards, people have been talking about Africa, Europe, uh, but uh, comparing the standard that we have and also that uh, are found in UEFA. No, I mean, I can simply say our referees in Africa, they are of the top quality, top level. You know, we have referees who compete with everybody throughout the world in Africa. So really, we need just to continue, you know, helping developing the referees but we have referees who are actually of the top the highest level top quality in every tournament of fifa you get out some top referees from africa so it's a sign that african referees are doing well now you talked about the changes uh, in the laws of the game but uh, what would be your message to football stakeholders who seem not to understand especially when referees are officiating the, the problem really that is a, a big problem anyway er, everywhere we as instructors, we come here, we teach our referees. Our referees have got challenges. When they go to referee, they referee people who have no idea of these changes. And it is our wish that if everybody can appreciate these laws, you know, you find out referees being assaulted, yet they are doing the, good, the correct thing. We actually urge you, the media, to also disseminate correct information so that everybody can appreciate what our referees are doing. But in most cases, really, uh, referees are, are actually insulted, they are, you know, called in some names. When they are in actual fact, they are actually doing the correct thing. That's Felix Tangawarima, a referees instructor who holds FIFA courses in many African countries, speaking to my colleague Simba Chiminya. Well, so Solomon, what do you think? Are referees in Africa doing a good job? Well, uh, Steve, I believe African referees all across the continent, they are doing their best. I wouldn't say they're doing a perfect and excellent job because of the condition that a lot of them do have to work under. I feel that, that CAF needs to do a lot to support them. Very difficult to referee in, in Africa, Steve, because there's a lot of... Uh, intimidation influences by football owners fa people the fans the players you know africa is the one continent i think is is very very difficult to be a referee so we have to understand the conditions that they work under uh because it's definitely not easy uh for for a referee to uh to refer games in Africa, where you have to go to a town, where you get intimidated from a hotel, uh, to the airport, to uh, when you arrive at the stadium. And, and, and all these conditions are very difficult. Uh, but I feel they, they know, they have a knowledge of the game. Uh, they're educated around the game. Uh, not sufficient for me, but um, I think so far so good. But we can do better. Yep, so certainly it's not an easy job. Now, Felix Tangawarima talked there about the FIFA Club World Cup final last year, where Jani Sikazwe of Zambia was the referee there. But an African referee has never handled the World Cup final. So would you agree with those comments that referees in Africa are as good as elsewhere? I don't really believe that African 
African referees are as good as uh, other referees in, in you know in in some part of the the world, maybe in in South America or in Europe or uh, Americas. Uh, I feel when it comes to our understanding of the game, yeah, we might be uh, on the same level, but when it comes to a question of integrity, I think that's one of the big issues with African referees uh, when it comes to the question of, of integrity. I, you remember uh, earlier this year, uh, a Ghanaian referee, Joseph Lamti, was banned for life by CAF and FIFA. He awarded a, a penalty to South Africa, Bafana Bafana, in a game against Senegal, and they went on to win that game 2-1. It was definitely not a handball penalty, but 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 he awarded a penalty, and and so there, there are certain calls that are really point blank. So it's a question of integrity. It's a question of honesty, not being influenced by uh, football owners, football administrators, uh, in, you know, in trying to sway the game into their own favour. Because the, the the fans need to believe that you have integrity. Players need to believe that that you have integrity. And we've seen quite a lot of situations where players get so angry because of certain calls by a referee, and they, they you know they they get physical. Uh, but but African referees, uh, when it comes to that, I, I don't feel they they're good enough. I feel they they're always eager to learn to educate themselves when it comes to the rules of the games and what is happening. But uh, question of integrity and honesty, big question mark. Well, thanks, Solomon. And just to explain on that case that Solomon highlighted, in March of this year, a Ghanaian referee, Joseph Lamte, was banned for life by FIFA for what it called match manipulation in that game between South Africa and Senegal, a World Cup qualifier. Now, another big issue is whether fans really understand the laws of the game. Perhaps they misunderstand what match officials are doing. Interpretations of the offside rule are very complex. And I remember doing TV commentary on Supersport earlier this year on a Zimbabwean league match on the biggest game in the country as Highlanders played Dynamos. And the match was abandoned before half-time as Highlanders fans threw objects at the assistant referee for not flagging for offside when Dynamos most scored. It did appear to be offside to the naked eye, but then on TV we scrutinised replays and saw that the ball came off a defender. So in that case, we need to reassess if there was an offside from the point that the ball hit the defender as a new phase of play had begun. Then also we needed to assess whether the defender made a deliberate attempt to play the ball or if the ball just hit him. And actually, some four months later, no one has been able to solve that one. It needed even more camera angles. A journalist even sent the footage to the International Football Association board. The organisation in the UK that governs the laws of the game, they looked at the videos and also couldn't solve it. Uh, So we had fans making a judgement and blaming the referees and causing the game to be abandoned, when in fact it wasn't clear at all as to whether it was offside or not. We'll highlight some of the latest amendments to the laws of the game later on in the show. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And this week on the show, we are talking about refereeing. Let's hear now the views of fans in the Gambia, talking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba. This first person refers to Papa Bakari Gassama, the Gambian referee who's won the African Referee of the Year Award three times. The standard of refereeing in the African continent has improved a lot. Domestically, um, I have seen a lot of improvement from our referees. Despite that lack of technological support, yet still, they are really improving. Uh, but they need that to, to make their work easy. We all know refereeing is very, very difficult. The game now is demanding. They're doing a good job. Papa Gassama, the three-time Africa's best referee, is a reference to that. 
it's true that the standard of refereeing in Africa has definitely improved over the years, but if you make a like-for-like comparison with referees from other continents, then you know that the standard still falls short. It amazes me that after all this time and with all the technology available in terms of videos, the availability of replays and live matches, that we're still seeing these dubious refereeing decisions. And I think there is still a credibility issue and there's still a suspicion on African referees because you don't really see referees from other continents making the headlines that referees in Africa do. My name is Omar Jaju, a Gambian sports journalist. Well, there are signs of improvement in African refereeing, but again, uh, many pundits will argue that uh, African football is suffering due to bad or corrupt refereeing. They are of course doing a good job for the fact that they strive to interpret and apply the rules of the game and that is good for not only them but the African players too. But I think more needs to be done to better African refereeing. I think the standard of African refereeing is very poor uh, because of most of these big games across Africa are being decided by poor officiating and here I can talk of the leagues of Ghana, South Africa, Kenya or even Egypt, especially these derbies where you know that fans have been anticipating all season long uh, to witness the best footballing only to be ruined by a poor referee. Realistically speaking, African referees have been accused of taking bribes and sidelining with, uh, especially with the home teams and uh, in African club competitions, be it the Confederation Cup and the Champions League. If you watch uh, some of the games, uh, one would say that well, the home teams normally do have do have some some generous decisions. Uh, on my own perception, that's that's the case, and of course that would go a long way in in substantiating the, the, the accusations and the allegations that uh, that people well, vent on African referees uh, in that context. So fans there in the Gambia talking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba. Often we do hear these allegations that referees are being paid by teams to get decisions going their way. Some cases have been proved. Most are allegations and not facts. There have been serious cases of match-fixing too. Uh, that's not only in Africa, but all across the world. So the general feeling are there that uh, African referees overall are not as good as the world's best, although there were some positive comments there from the Gambia. Well, let's get the views now of our European football expert, Stuart Weir, who joins us from the UK. Now, Stuart, after going to a match here in Zimbabwe and listening to fans, players and coaches complaining about the referee, I'll often go home and watch a game from the English Premier League. And very often the TV analysts there are criticising the referees too. So it looks like people aren't happy with the job that referees are doing, whichever country they're in. <laughs> you could be right, Steve. Now, let's begin by saying that being a referee, an assistant referee, is not an easy job and they need our support and sympathy. But I think what frustrates fans a lot is the lack of consistency. And I would say in the Premier League at the moment, we have got a certain amount of inconsistency as to what constitutes a red card and what constitutes a yellow card and what constitutes handball. You know, we have all these interpretations of the laws that, oh, his arm was not in a natural position and things like that. 
but I think there's an awful lot of discretion. The same incident occurs in two games on the same day. One referee gives the handball, another doesn't, and one gives the yellow card and another doesn't. And, you know, offside is also very contentious. And I think it has been shown that with the naked eye, it's impossible for an assistant referee to be looking in two directions. When a pass is hit, was the player in front or behind the last defender? And also all this complication that which part of the forward, it must be a part with which he can score. And so I think that has become so complicated that there are always going to be decisions which are not correct. And, you know, perhaps we simply need to do what I thought had become a policy, that the benefit of the doubt should be given to the attacking team. And unless it's a clear cutoff side, that it should be play on. But I think that as long as football has been played, people have gone home from a game complaining about the referee and it's almost become part and parcel of the game. Yes, I'd agree with you there, Stuart. Now, in that interview earlier on with referees instructor Felix Tangawarima, he said that there's no indication as to when video technology might come to Africa, and it's actually sure to be quite a long time. How much is the video technology in Europe helping these refereeing controversies? Well, in the Premier League, we're only using it for goal line, to decide if a goal. There's no use of technology for offsides, Penalties, nothing like that. But, Steve, I I did come across a really interesting quote from the great Italian goalkeeper Gianluigi Buffon, who was commenting on a game he had played in where Juventus beat Genoa 4-2, and there had been two interventions by the video assistant referee, and, in fact, each side got a penalty. But Buffon's comment was, I don't like the video referee. It's being used far too much. We're going to see 60 more penalties awarded this season than last. They told us it would only be used in sensational or controversial cases, but it's not. And you cannot stop the game every three seconds. It's really ugly. Using it like this doesn't help anyone. So um, that's a bit of an outspoken comment by uh, one of the game's legends, really, saying that too many interventions is going to spoil the game and I must say I would have a lot of sympathy for that view. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Stuart. And on Facebook and on WhatsApp this week, we'd love to hear your views. Are referees doing a good job? What do you think? A lot of criticism comes the way of referees, but it is a very difficult task and they do get criticised all around the world. So are they doing a good job? Are they letting the game down? Go to our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a comment there or our WhatsApp number is plus four four seven nine double five two three two. 780. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. We're talking about refereeing on the show this week. And as was mentioned earlier, there have been amendments to the laws of the game. They were made just a few weeks ago, as the laws are reviewed and updated every year. Well, Bob Hamer is a former English Premier League referee. He's currently a referee's assessor. He joins us from the UK. And Bob, there was a much debated incident there last Saturday where Manchester City's Raheem Sterling was given a second yellow card and sent off as he ran into a group of fans who'd got onto the pitch. Now, the updated laws do clearly state that there should be a yellow card for a goal celebration which causes safety or security issues. 
So would you say that that was in fact a correct application by the referee? Yes, I would. And when he scored the goal and he went racing and jumped into the crowd, the crowd all surged forward. And I know it was the Manchester City fans that he went to, but some of them actually spilled over onto the pitch or the side of the pitch anyway. I don't think they actually got onto the pitch. They were, they were certainly by the touchline. And all the police came running and stewards came running. And for a few moments, it really was a nasty situation. And, you know, we never like to take action against players that have scored goals because some of them don't score very often. And we know they want to jump up and down and celebrate. But this, I thought this clearly was a, a security breach and the referee was quite right to caution him. And as it happens, he'd already been cautioned, so it ended up as a red card. Players have been cautioned for this for quite a few years now and they, they must know, and particularly if... They've already been cautioned. What's he doing going jumping into the crowd? He, he knows it's taking a risk anyway. He should be thinking, I've already been cautioned, stay on the green bit. And very often, certainly at games I'm at, I'm there for the exchange of team sheets with the managers, etc. And the referee will always say, when you score a goal, jump up and down as much as you want, but stay on the green bit. And it's clear from there, he shouldn't have done it. Right, well, thanks for explaining that, Bob. And the offside rule causes more controversy with fans than any other law. Anything major in this year's amendments to the offside law? A couple of little things. It's mainly a tidying up exercise this season after all the laws were rewritten last year. So it's just making sure that all eventualities are covered. So there's a couple of little things. If a player's in an offside position... If the ball rebounds or deflects off a match official to him, he can be penalised. So that wasn't actually written in there before. And then a player who is in an offside position who impedes an opponent must be penalised. Because we know that being in an offside position isn't an offence. The offence comes when he either receives the ball or challenges an opponent or impedes an opponent. So in this case, if a player is in an offside position, he impedes an opponent, he then commits the offence of offside and must be penalised. And then another one, if a player is in an offside position who is fouled before he commits an offside offence, then the foul is penalised because that came first. On the other hand, if he's fouled when he's already committed an offside offence, then the offside is penalised. So it's a couple of technical things, really. And how often they will happen in a game? Well, how often will they happen in a career, I would think? Very, very rarely. But it's just tidying everything up and making sure all eventualities are covered. Well, thanks very much. That's Bob Hamer, a former English Premier League referee, currently a referee's assessor. So we'd love again to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think that referees in Africa are doing a good job? Go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And now we turn to comments on social media from last week's show where we asked, what's your favourite way of watching football? Do you like to go to the stadium and soak up the atmosphere and excitement? Do you love to watch at home on TV, getting to listen to the commentary and watch the replays and listen to the experts at half-time? Or maybe you're one of those who prefers to watch on TV but in a public place such as a sports bar or a viewing centre where you get a mixture of the stadium experience and the TV experience. 
Well, thanks again to everyone who got in touch. We could easily have filled the whole show this week with all of the comments, so apologies if we're not able to read out your comment. On WhatsApp, Mbei Zheng in The Gambia says, I like to go to the stadium and enjoy the atmosphere. And to Jesse Rando and Desmond Tunde Koka in Sierra Leone both agree. I like to watch at the stadium, says Jesse. And Desmond says, yes, I like going to the stadium because of the atmosphere and it's so great that everyone wants their team to win. Here's a perspective from Gemo in the United States. He says, I'll say that watching matches in the stadium is a better experience depending on the teams that are playing. If it's a team that I know very well, I enjoy being in the stadium. But for teams that I'm not familiar with, I prefer watching at home to get updates from the commentators on the players and what's making the news with the teams. I've been in stadiums with screens that play the replays. Personally, I think that's the best experience, says Gemo. Sana Jaune in the Gambia agrees, saying, Here in the Gambia, whenever the national team is playing, I like to be at the stadium to see the players that we normally watch on TV. But for league games, I love to watch them on TV at a viewing centre. Stanley in Ghana also prefers the live experience. He says, I love to be in the stadium where the atmosphere is so charged up and where you feel everything around you with the passion and the shouting, says Stanley. I love to watch my football at the stadium. Meanwhile, Khalifa Sanyang in China says, I prefer watching football at a viewing centre. There I can listen to loud commentary and also have some football arguments with others. It's the most exciting of all, says Khalifa. Hamat Jobe in The Gambia agrees with Khalifa, saying, I usually watch in public places like a video club, which I really enjoy, especially when Chelsea and Man United or Barcelona and Real Madrid are playing, when you can really enjoy it with the people there. And Bakary Sonko, also in the Gambia, agrees, saying, I watch football at a viewing centre where you can feel the frustration of the fans, the anger and the comic insults from desperate fans and the arguments that erupt when things are not going your way. It all makes the viewing centre the best, says Bakary. Al-Haji Saidi Khan in the Gambia speaks for many who don't have the opportunity to watch matches live in the stadium. I'd love to watch at the stadium and have the chance to watch my favourite players and chant and support the team, says Al-Haji. But since there is no chance, I love to watch football in a video club and still support like I used to do it via TV. Sil Tucker in the Gambia likes to watch his football in peace and quiet. I watch football at home and it's best for me as I listen to the analysis from experts and view replays at half-time in the most quiet atmosphere, says Sil. Lamine Bakary Sanyang in The Gambia depends on the radio. Lamine says, I listen to the radio commentary as I'm in a remote area and I don't have all those other options and facilities. And Samson Makawa in Malawi is another who follows on radio, saying, I just listen to experts on radio and social media. For Pa Tumani Baji in the Gambia, it all depends on the occasion. If it's an international game in my country, I love being in that mighty atmosphere where you can have the ambience with lots of noise in every corner of the stadium. The drums and whistles all around, says Pa. And if it's games like the English Premier League and La Liga, I always want to watch them in public places where you can have people with different feelings and certain actions when a player misses or does something wrong on the pitch. It's always very wonderful to watch it with other people, says Pa. John in Ghana offers a similar view, saying, I like to watch it at the stadium where the excitement is very high and you can see the players very well, says John. But for the English Premier League, I like to watch at a viewing centre. 
Well, finally, on Planet Sport Football Africa this week, let's go back to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK and talk about the English Premier League. No doubt about the result of last weekend, Stuart. Liverpool beating Arsenal 4-0. And aren't the Africans Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah doing well? Um, Steve, uh, Sadio Mane, is, is that the player that I said last season might struggle to get a place in the uh, Liverpool side? And Mohamed Salih, isn't he the one that I said probably wouldn't do very much in the Premier League this year? A um, bit of egg on my face, I think, because they've both been absolutely outstanding. Mohamed Salih has just so much pace. And you know, the way he took his goal, you're running from inside his own half, and he just never looked as if he was going to miss it. And Sadio Mane, frankly, has developed from being a very good Premier League player to being an absolute world-class striker at the moment. So uh, amazing, really, how well Liverpool are playing. But what an absolute disaster for Arsenal. You know, we're already three games into the season having the Arsene Wenger must go campaign again. And there's been so much criticism of how Arsenal played without any heart. Some of the goals were highlighted. And you could see Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Ozil, and Oxley Chamberlain really standing, you know, not sitting back, even not watching the action. And, uh, you know, there have been some really cutting comments from the, the pundits, like Gary Neville, the old Manchester United fullback, saying Arsenal have players who think they don't need to sprint backwards when they lose the ball. It's disgraceful. It's not good enough. The Arsenal legend Ian Wright has said he's never seen such a bad Arsenal team. And it upsets him even to watch it. Arsenal just seem to be in disarray. The entire club, the recruitment policy, the tactics, everything. I mean, you could see Arsenal easily finishing mid-table this season unless some radical changes occur quickly. Well, thanks, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.